the idea is, is that, you know, square footage and number of bathrooms and, and, and those features are things that are really at the filter level for which houses are acceptable for you to look at, right? But once you get there and you're on the lot and you're walking around or you're looking at a floor plan, you're deciding what you want, the thing that's going to, and I think you guys could, again, speak better to this, the thing that's going to drive you to make that purchase is not those details. It's how am I going to live here? What's my life going to be like here, right? It's that story behind it. And if you're not telling that, then you're not helping that buyer understand how you're differentiating and why this, you know, this property, this community makes sense for them. Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman. We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related. All from different perspectives. And today, our focus discussion of the week this week is Show Me, Don't Tell Me with our guest John Sherman from VC Productions. But first, let's dive into our top topics of the week. So right now, I am taking a master class, and it is not at a university. I'm taking it online. And this is actually, if you use the internet at all, you probably have seen the ads for this master class program where they take different people and they give a series of education sessions. And Will Duderstadt with MI Homes recommended one for me that he thought I would find fascinating, and he is totally right. I am loving it. So the one I'm taking right now is the Master Class with Chris Voss. So I had never heard of Chris Voss, but I know a lot of people definitely have. He was a former FBI hostage negotiator. So a little different from my life, but the topic (laughs) of his discussion is not just negotiation, but persuasion. And it is so fascinating to learn about how tone of voice and the words you choose um, make such a difference. I mean, we obviously know that in marketing, but in a life and death situation. So it's like really taking the power of tone of voice and messaging to an extreme example and learning from that and these real life experiences. Yeah, that's amazing. How have you how many classes have you taken yet or have you started it yet? Yeah, so I'm about halfway through and what's really cool about these videos is they're short. So each each one is about 10 or 11 minutes, so you can really go at your pace and they're all on, you know, different subtopics where he gets into some um examples or shares a story of an actual um negotiation that took place and I am just fascinated by it. So I'm about halfway. And I have to say, I'm probably going to find another masterclass to take after this one. So if anyone is um, also doing these courses, let me know if there are any you love, because, um, you know, this really showed me that Will Dudersat totally knows me because I am so (laughs) fascinated by this. That's awesome. I'll have to check it out. Uh, I love that stuff. I think uh, you would you would love it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure. 
Very cool. All right. Well, you know, today's topic is something I think near and dear to my heart, but I think, you know, everybody as a whole, this is something that we talk about inside of our industry. Um, and when, when John joins us, we're going to talk about, you know, obviously it's the, the title is show me, don't tell me, but what the heck is that? Well, really we're, we're going to be talking about storytelling with video. And for me, the reason why I feel like this is such an important topic for our industry is because of scale and how people interact on what they interact with on a day-to-day basis when they're buying anything. Um, and then when they come and buy a home, which is the single largest purchase, both physically and emotionally that they'll ever make, um, that they come to us and then it's honestly, it's kind of a letdown experience and based on what they're used to. Right. And so what are some of the ways, this is what we're going to talk about today is what are some of the ways that we can put some of that emotion get some of that emotion across to our customers, across to our potential customers while they're shopping online. Because th- they're really, as we've talked, this is this adage has been out there for a long, long time, which is, you know, buyers shop via exclusion, right? So they're essentially going to you to essentially be able to cross you off their list. Because now what we're seeing, not what we're seeing, now what is actually happening is, they're looking at everything online and the walk-in traffic numbers as a whole across our industry. If you look year over year over year, um, the walk-in traffic is down, but that's a good thing because consumer habits and behaviors have changed and they're doing everything online and they're trying to cross you off their list first. And so how do we, instead of it being about the numbers and John's going to talk about some of that as well, but Instead of just being all about the numbers, because not all of us, not all of builders out there lead with price. I mean, they're not the everyday price leader, and that's not the value proposition that you want to have. But when you look at the content that we display on our websites, we put ourselves in a position to be compared solely by price. And if you go up against someone who is leading by price, and that is their value proposition, you're going to lose every single time. And so we've got to insert some emotion and let them understand and see what it is that what makes you special and uh, really dive in and how we bring some of the emotion back and, and it's kind of some tips and tricks and some different ideas. And, you know, we go back and forth a, a bit on this one uh, just because it's it's a big, big topic that I think is so important to our industry. Absolutely. And I video is only going to become more and more important. And uh, I'm excited for our listeners to hear from John. Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be back with John Sherman of VC Productions. And we're going to dive into show me, don't tell me with video. Thanks so much. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back, and we are going to dive into our focus discussion of the week this week, which is Show Me, Don't Tell Me, with our very special guest, John Sherman of VC Productions. John, welcome to the show. 
Uh, Matt Molly, thanks so much for having me here. This is awesome. Absolutely. Well, John, why don't we start before we dive in to our our episode this week? Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you and your company and what you guys do? And that'll be a perfect lead in for what we're going to discuss today. Yeah, sure. Love it. So um, I'm John Sherman, uh, owner and creative director of VC Productions. We are a video production agency focused on producing commercial, corporate and event videos and films. Uh, We also work uh, as an outside support team for in-house video production teams. So if you have an in-house video person or small video team, we'll do everything from sharing ideas and tips on on new tech, um, helping support the team on bigger scale productions where you might need more crew and equipment, and actually an ongoing creative direction for videos. So John, tell us a little bit about how you got introduced to the home building industry. This seems like a very self-serving question. <laughs> Someone so, really smart must have recruited you into housing. How did that happen? I feel like smart doesn't cover it. Uh, brilliant, <laughs> uh, intelligent, funny. Uh, no, so um, a few. Uh, hey, Dan. Um, so no, so a few um, years ago, I want to say like six years ago now, Molly, who obviously we went to high school together, uh, invited me to my first international builder show to cover one of her segments. Uh, And sort of funny story there. So, you know, said you would introduce me to some of uh, your industry friends, which definitely happened. And I fly out to Vegas with you and I'm filming and, you know, sort of light crew. We just needed a quick shot of Molly. So I've got, you know, two cameras running. I'm by myself and I'm manning the close up camera. And all of a sudden I'm passively listening to Molly's presentation. And randomly I hear my name and she goes, my friend, John, for example, his favorite emoji is the poop emoji. <laughs> and I'm completely defenseless. I'm sitting here holding a camera. I have no microphone, no, not connected to speakers. And the whole room just looks at me. And all I could do was just sort of like wave back at everyone. There's that. Well, John, I don't know what's worse that if your favorite emoji is the poop icon oh, emo- or, or mine is the middle finger. So I, I don't know what says worse, <laughs> yeah. which is worse. <laughs> that, that was part of your initiation into housing. Right. But one of the games I like to play is I like to have like a random word and try to figure out a way to get it into my talk. So for that one, um, I think ahead of time, I said, John, I bet you I can say poop in my program. (laughs) And you're like, that would be weird, Molly. Like, maybe don't do that. So I made it about you. Just randomly meowing in the middle of the uh, the presentation. Well, you did think for the record. You did say, obviously, we went to high school together, but I don't think a lot of people um, who are listening would necessarily know that. So John and I are friends from childhood, but we weren't actually really friends. We became friends later in life. And now uh, we kind of joke about it. Uh, we were in a little bit of different groups of friends, but we I know I wish we were friends in high school because you're like the coolest person I've ever met. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I'm over. Don't mind me, everybody. I'm over here third <laughs> wheel. <laughs> uh, but um, it's yeah, fun now that, topic, get to, now that we get to now that we work together. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It was uh, it was cool. And um, I think it was I, I mean, our offices, I know you guys moved to that uh, bigger spot um, in Philly, but our offices were literally like six blocks from each other. And uh, yeah, it was great to connect and funny that we're both sort of in the creative space. It's awesome. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I know you have a million things you want to share about video and showing, not telling. And uh, I, I do want to jump in and, and get into that content because Matt, I know Matt is sitting there like really ready to geek out with you. about. <laughs> so, so Matt, I know you want to ask the first question. So you go. Sure. Why not, Molly? Thanks. Thanks for that uh, pass over there. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> as, as we geek out, because I, I am super passionate about videos specifically, not because it makes up more than half of what people view on the internet or not because it's easier to tell a story, um, not because it is the preferred, um, the preferred way people consume content. None of those things are important whatsoever. Um, but really it's about telling a story, right? And so, and, and conveying your message. And obviously you're a little on the bias side when it comes to this question, but I'm going to start the interview off by kind of lobbing a softball your way, which is why do you feel like video is such an important piece of an actual strategy? And I really stress that word strategy for really any business. So yeah, I think that um, I'm not going to get so far into the numbers to answer that question because I think all of that stuff's Googleable and uh, yeah. and it's and it's clear, right? Everyone's talking about video and and talking about the importance of it. I think from a practical perspective as a business owner, what I'm seeing with a lot of our clients across industries is that you can control the duration of a message, you can control uh, and and you can and which I think is the most important thing in storytelling is you can make somebody feel something. And you have a lot more, I think, control over that with video. You can add effects, music, the way you present the story in a way that transcends a lot of the other mediums that you can use, right? Like I can write something and I can, and, and there's a million ways you could interpret that as you read it. Um, but if I produce a video that has a certain type of song and a certain feel and, and is told a certain way, a lot of people are, I think, going to see that from a more similar perspective, which gives the person producing that content more control. And if they execute correctly, they're going to see more results. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think that it's also makes it easier. Video is engaging all the senses, right? And, and at one time, and I think it, video makes it easier to get across the emotion that we want to do because, you know, and, and, and that's what this is with anything. And I think that this is what you bring a ton of value and knowledge with is because you you don't focus on housing, right? You, you're, you're doing things across multiple industries across, you know, and, and delivering that story. But when you get into something that's that's such a high dollar investment like a house, it can become and does become a product focused endeavor, right? There, it's the lot, it's the the house itself, it's the you know the home, the square footage, the room dimensions. It's all just this can be this binary thing that happens. And when we do that, and and we don't put the emotion into it, it it you it becomes a race to the bottom, right? Then it's all about price. And, and I think that's what video brings to the table is the ability to convey emotion that really can't be conveyed in any other medium. Agreed. And I think that, so uh, three parts. I of totally that, right? like the first thing is, that, oh, sorry. Hey, Molly. <laughs> Hi, 
No, I did want to just add something because I think it's important because not all video is created equal. And what happens is we think, oh, just getting a video up there is is good enough. And it's not. And taking, you know, video content, just like taking photos with your iPhone and thinking that you here you are with the largest purchase that someone makes and thinking that's a sufficient way to be a part of using video in your marketing is really a naive perspective. And I think, John, with you, one of the things, you know, you identify as a creative storyteller. And when we do have a product here in housing, but the product is really a lifestyle. So when you use video and storytelling in a creative way, um, you're able to really paint a picture that goes way beyond the product. Right. And and you guys could speak better to this, right? But the idea is, is that, you know, square footage and number of bathrooms and, and, and those features are things that are really at the filter level for which houses are acceptable for you to look at, right? But once you get there and you're on the lot and you're walking around or you're looking at a floor plan, you're deciding what you want, the thing that's going to, and I think you guys could, again, speak better to this, the thing that's going to drive you to make that purchase is not those details. It's how am I going to live here? What's my life going to be like here, right? It's that story behind it. And if you're not telling that, then you're not helping that buyer understand how you're differentiating and why this, you know, this property, this community makes sense for them. I think that what you just said um, is a, is tweetable. Like one of the things, what you just said, I was literally writing it down because I thought it was, that was an amazing little quote. And I think we lose sight of this, which is the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, garage parking spaces, uh, you know, how many stories the home is. Those are all filterable items, <laughs> meaning that you're literally going, OK, I want to see a list of homes that meet this criteria. And that's what those things are. They're just they're just simply criteria not what they're actually purchasing. I, I think that's a huge, huge takeaway right there. I appreciate I appreciate that. And I think that that's, so that brings you to, you know, what are the things that are going to differentiate, right? What are, and, and I think that they're specific to the buyer and you have to tune into that as a salesperson, I imagine, right? To figure out specifically what they're looking for. Um, but then on a bigger level, you can demonstrate to a broader group of people through video. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what that lifestyle will be like, what it's going to feel like to live there, to be a part of that community. And, and that, I think, is where you're making the sale at that point. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to our topic and our description of the program, which is show me, don't tell me. And that is a very, you know, when I... Before we got on here, I joked about, you know, our high school literature teacher, like, oh, is that coming from 11th grade um, Mr. Edwards class? Because in the creative world, that is a really big theme. It's, you know, don't tell me all the things that are in the home. Show me and let me experience it. And uh, and that's really what you're talking about here. Yeah. And, th and that's what video lends itself to. Right. And and at that point, once once we get over that hurdle, that hump of understanding what our objective is with video and what it does better, then, you know, to your point, Molly, not all videos created equal. So why and how how do we elevate the video that we're making so that it checks the boxes for showing and presenting something in a meaningful way? And um, and how do we make sure that it's something that 
it's also the story that we want to tell. I think that especially in the in my world in video, I I think if you if you Google video companies, eleven out of ten claim to be storytellers. Like it's just that it, it's it, it's the buzzword in the industry. It's it's what everybody's talking about, right? Um, but the reality is is that not not all videos are created equal, but not all stories are created equal, and not all stories make sense for your brand. Um, one of the things that uh, Matt and I talked about before we even uh, when we were talking about doing this podcast was looking at the Super Bowl ads. And I actually listened to your guys's last podcast uh, where you talked about your favorite Super Bowl ads. And one of the ones I wanted to highlight that I thought was the funniest ad, but also possibly the least effective ad was the Jason Momoa ad. If you guys remember that, where Jason Momoa comes it home. It was ridiculous. From... So it was ridiculous. And it was one of my favorites because from a from a creative perspective, I thought it was really f- like well done and funny. I thought that the effects were awesome. I thought it was really, you know, the way he's dismembering his own arms and take, you know, then sort of like turning into this like, you know, shell of a human of himself was really right, funny. And you, it was really You don't clever. remember what it was for. Right. That's why I called it the Jason Momoa ad because it was right. for Rocket Mortgage, but I couldn't remember that and I had to Google it last night. So, yeah. um, and the reason for that is because the connection back to the Rocket Mortgage brands was so, it was such a tangent. It was like, feel at home, Rocket Mortgage. And it was like, what? Like, I get it. You guys, mortgages are for homes, but that it was too far of a disconnect. Whereas, you know, for example, the Jeep commercial or the Google commercial, they tied immediately back to the value prop for the company or a pillar, right? I I was talking about this, that you don't have to do a branding video is a branding video, but then you could do an aspect of your company, like one aspect that you really want to target. And that could tie back to that. Um, And I think that those videos, those commercials did a much better job of doing something clever that was relevant to their brand. uh, And that's why they're more effective. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I do think that people remember that spot and even though they don't know what it was for, it is it is harder. I mean, when you have a product like a Jeep, that is you have like a tangible product, whereas mm-hmm. more like a mortgage, like how do you make that exciting and different? So um, even, I, I bet it will still be beneficial for them. I don't think it will be a waste for them because they were going for just over the top ridiculous, essentially, right. so people would share it and they would get it out there more, but but I totally agree with you. Um, they, you know, it's it's very hard to connect it back when there isn't a tangible. One of the things that we're so lucky in this industry is like we are selling the most important product. It's where someone lives their life. So we have no reason to not be good storytellers because we are not just talking about something that's hard to connect with. We are talking about something that is a basic fundamental human need. So when you're talking about a human need, you can go really deep with how you tell that story. You can go in so many different directions because every single person can relate to what the actual product is. Yeah, agreed. And you've got a tangible product to show. In, in, Absolutely. In, in, you have something you can. So it, it really lends itself to uh, to video production for sure. Yeah. And so, and John, I think that you bring um, a really interesting perspective to these things because you do cross over into so many different industries from, you know, obviously with housing stuff, but automotive and just there's a, there's a whole different angle that when you when you're telling a story via video um that i think that 
our listeners could really take away from examples of some things of how you've told, helped tell a story, helped told a brand story across other other sectors. So you, what? So then, as we dive into kind of how we actually tell that story through video, what are some different things that you've seen that have been really successful? And obviously, it it's depend it depends on the industry and what the actual desired outcome is because in the, in the um, rocket mortgage example, I, I personally think Jason Momoa comes out more ahead than rocket mortgage does, right? right? Because people were right. like you said, I don't even remember what the commercial was for. Um, and so, but across crossing other industries, what are some examples that you've seen that work really well to help get that emotion across? Yeah. So I think that I'm going to try to, as I go through these, I, I, I selected a few examples across different industries. And I think there's there's two aspects to look at. There's like telling the right story, which we've been talking about, and telling an effective story that makes that is memorable, that makes people feel something and ultimately results in a call to action, right? And then there's also the strategy of looking at where that video is going to be, if that makes sense. So we've sort of just been looking at these Super Bowl ads and talking about them. And that's a certain platform that, you know, for Rocket Mortgage, it may just make sense. You're spending $5 million for a spot. I just want everyone talking about the spot. I don't even care if they initially remember me, right? We, we, we're cranking out 5 mil on this. We did also mention that name at least five times already on this podcast. So there well played, you go. Well played, Rocket Mortgage. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Checkmate. Um, right. <laughs> uh, and Jason Momoa. Um, so, sure. so I think that, uh, so I think that thinking about where there's, uh, and, and we'll talk about this more, but the idea that if you're making it, I'll talk to people a lot about where is this video going? And so if it's just, you know, usually the answer is on our website or out in social, um, but it matters if it's going out in social and you want it to be a 15 second piece. Um, if it's something that's a sales tool for somebody who's sitting next to someone and watching a video, if you've ever done that before, I do that all the time. Watching a two minute video next to someone, especially in like a pitch meeting is super awkward. It feels like you just like you were having a conversation. And all of a sudden we're at the movies together. So, you know, I've I've advised for clients that have like maybe a two minute branding film to cut that down into short 15 second bits for those types of segments. But anyway, I digress. So let's talk about some content strategies and things that we've done. Um, one of the things I, I and I'll share these links with you guys after, but we had the opportunity to work with Subaru and they were producing a campaign. Now, this was targeted not to consumers, but to retailers. So these are people that are the, you know, that sell Subarus and are fixing Subarus, right? The service centers. And they wanted to get them to pick up so, uh, texting software so that they would be able to communicate via text with the consumer, right? And they tried doing explainer videos talking about metrics and results, and those were effective, um, but they wanted something that was a little bit more catchy and a little bit more eye-catching and a little bit more memorable. So we created these sort of fun videos. It's a series of three that focus on different value props or as pillars uh, of the benefits of having the texting service. So one is the benefit of advanced client communication. The next one was the benefit of the profitability for your dealership. And the next was the benefit of having cloud storage, which are all three aspects of bringing texting into your business. Um, and how we pivoted it was we we found the paradigm, which was actually borrowed from the Keurig commercials. I don't know if you saw this, but they did this bit where you popped a Keurig K-cup um, 
into a machine. They would close it down and go, in the time it takes to brew this cup of coffee, we're going to tell you why our beans are the best. And it was this really fast paced film where you'd fly to, you know, Columbia and they, you'd meet, you know, Dave and Dave has a dog named Steve and Steve has a litter of five puppies. And here's the, you know, and it was really fast paced and fun. So we borrowed that and created this in the time it's going to take uh, Samantha to take the perfect selfie, uh, which ended up being played by Jess from our office, uh, which was kind of funny. Um, uh, we're going to show you why texting service is going to greatly enhance your business. Right. And we, and, and so when you see the videos, it's really helpful, but Ultimately, they used that as an outbound marketing piece. They were sending those as emails to potential retailers. They also played it at uh, a launch convention and got a round of applause on because they were funny and punchy and also explained the service. So um, I really like those. I think those were those were different and cool and a great way to sort of present a lifestyle piece in a sort of scripted narrative and get away from the testimonial documentary style. One of the things that I love about what you just shared is really where inspiration comes from. So, you know, you're talking about Keurig, which is a totally different product, and you saw something in the strategy of how they executed and how they would tell their story. You use the term borrowed, but you didn't really borrow anything from them. It just gave you the idea of how to take that strategic storytelling approach and apply it to another industry. And I think one of the things in housing where we aren't as good at is is looking outside of housing and seeing how that approach can apply to our industry. And, you know, for years, people would say a retail mindset, a retail mindset, and we do talk about other industries, but I don't know that we bring it to life the way that we could. Instead, we're trying to reinvent, reinvent when really inspiration is all around us. That's a great point. And also in our industry, a lot of inspiration comes around coffee. Oh, I like <laughs> there that. There you go. Pots of coffee, Keurig K-cups. There you go. The I leftover like coffee in your cup from the morning, just wherever coffee is pretty much is where uh, inspiration you know, well, Coffee is such a big part of so many lives, right? right. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to right. not. Speaking of, John, do you want to meet for coffee later? Yes, let's uh, let's do it right now, actually. Okay, I think perfect. I can go for a cup. Um, Episode over. Right. Um, the So the next thing I want to talk about uh, is a little bit of an industry shift, um, which was obviously uh, something we wanted to bring to the table here. So Ryan's story is this video we did. So there's an organization. Um, they have a bunch of different branches throughout the country. There's a Philly branch called the Philly Friendship Circle. And they are an organization that pairs up kids with neurotypical teens with kids with special needs to be friends. That's their only mission um, is to create a more welcoming, inclusive and social environment for kids with special needs. And we've been working with them for several years now, helping them fundraise every year for their gala. And so we'll produce a series of videos that are designed to be part of the event and help uh, with that evening for fundraising and then also be repurposed in social media and other marketing campaigns throughout the year. Um, and every year we do something a little different. One year we literally created a fake Instagram and social media influencer um, and had her, you know, sort of travel to Friendship Circle and introduce and literally people after the event were asking for her handle to follow her on Instagram, not realizing that she's not real. Um, <laughs> and, and so this year we worked and I thought this was just a cool story and it sort of fits with what we do. We profiled this boy, Ryan, who had discovered his passion for photography um, and has an Instagram account 
and was sharing these ongoing photos and, and talked about how Friendship Circle helped him um, sort of find what works for him, right? And find his passion. It was really cool. It was a cool story. We got to interview his parents and and we talked about his art, right? And Ryan's, you know, uh, uh, Ryan's challenge is sort of connecting with people. Um, and, and, and so this is a way that he was able to do that. The story was really cool to tell. And, and to put this in context too, when we're talking about fundraising, I mean, they're trying to raise, you know, uh, in certain years, as much as 400,000 from this event, right? So it's a lot of money at stake. And, and in talking to uh, the head of Friendship Circle recently, actually, which is what made me want to talk about this, is she said, when we have our event and our gala, these all these pieces need to come together. But the video is the thing that if it works in the room, people are going to open their wallets up. It's because it's the thing that really makes them feel. And it's the thing we have the most control of in order to help them feel and get a call to action. And so it's a lot of pressure on us. And, and obviously we embrace it and, and, and are so thankful that we get to work with them um, and really love the work they do. But this is another example, right, of the impact you can have when you tell a story that fits your brand, has uh, makes people feel something. And a lot of times it'll call to action, right? Make them do something. One of the things I love about that is that we in at group two, we talk a lot about brand personification. And that is really like br- making it more personal and making it a story. And that's really what you did by telling Ryan's story is instead of it being directly just talking about friendship circle, it's about a very specific person and story. And that's that really brought it to life. And I, I think there is a lot that we can learn in housing about that specific example is really, really making it personal and connecting um, down to an individual. And uh, a lot of builders or a lot of companies can actually uh, do a brand personification exercise um, as a team building activity, or even in this case, it's a you were telling a story of a real person, but you actually can go through an exercise and um, do a fictitious person that you kind of talk about of who this person is and who would represent our brand and our story. So I, I really love that example. And I also love, um, I'm going to quote you on this later, video is the thing. I love that. Did you realize you said, I just love that. Video is the thing. I I, I don't realize I said that, but I think I'm going to start making t-shirts. Yes. Um, it also that. sounds exactly. T-shirt. I have it written here. <laughs> you need to add the poop emoji. Video is right, the exactly. thing. John Sherman, the, poop emoji. Really eloquent. John Sherman, the most eloquent person in the world, <laughs> once said oh. video is the thing. <laughs> and then got a sandwich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and some coffee. <laughs> right, and some coffee. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. That's great. I, I think our audience is going to really enjoy looking at those examples. Yeah. The um, So speaking of enjoying the examples, I did put in a funny one, um, which I thought, uh, in retrospect, of course, I'm going to like talk. Every video we make, we dislike it like a week after we launch it. It's just this <laughs> sort of, um, but we did this video that I thought was uh, was a pretty cool story. Um, Diventive is a AV company focused specifically on pharmaceutical events. So big pharma events, they do the AV for it. And they had this rare opportunity where during one of the breaks, the pharma company that was putting on this event wanted to let the vendors, and maybe it was a sponsorship opportunity, play a short video about themselves. And instead of saying, hi, I'm Tom, and I've been doing AV for a long time, 
and we're good at it and you should hire us. They wanted to do something that was sort of clever. And so we made a pharma parody video about AV, right? And so we came up with this disease called chronic UAVS, uh, which is not a real disease. Well, actually, if you've ever thrown in a vet and had bad AV production, you, you might think it is a real disease. Um, underqualified AV support, right? And so their whole thing is when you call us, we're not just going to take a list down of like, you need six mics, you need one screen. We're going to help advise and provide consultation on making your event best. So we made up this disease and we, you know, opened it like your normal pharma parody, right? Where, you know, pharma video where it's like, do you feel depressed? Are you tired and sick all the time? maybe you have chronic UAVS. The cure is diventive. And so when you watch the video, it's pretty clever. And um, they actually got a standing ovation at this pharma conference. People like stopped what they were doing during the networking and watched this thing and laughed. And it was really effective for them. Um, and again, it was funny, but more importantly, the story made sense to the target audience. The story made sense and tied back appropriately to the brand. And that's why I think ultimately it was successful and didn't fall into uh, what we'll call it Jason Momoa syndrome. <laughs> well, uh, funny enough, you say that. Like, I, I actually was looking at the video as you were talking about it in this chronic UAVS. And we actually just did an episode about uh, we made up a fake term called GMS, good market I, syndrome. I was just going to say, isn't, I was doing the math in my head, Matt, and I was going, is, is Jason Momoa syndrome the same as GMS? And I was like, nope, that's a J moving on, moving on. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> yeah. So as a builder, when I was a builder back in the day, uh, you know, it was one of the things that we focused on was trying to make sure that we didn't lose sight of the basics, right? Like execution on the basics and not letting that things are going good and the wind at your sails um, let you forget about actually executing on the things that you need to focus on. Um, and, and so we came up with a term called GMS, good market syndrome, like don't get good market syndrome. And so it was funny. We wrote a blog about it and it was like, you know, common symptoms are my sales are too good. I don't need to focus on that. You know, dust in your eyes from your competitors, leaving you, you know, burning rubber, leaving you in the dust. You know, it was just like very, very similar, uh, thing. So I, I knew I liked you. <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, uh, this will be co the compliment section of the uh, Here we go. I, I wanted to say, I did read that article and I, I listened to the last podcast from you guys where you talked about it. And I think that um, it's incredibly valuable, obviously, to builders and there's and there's specific content about the, the sort of objections and things that they say. But as a business owner, I think it was also valuable for me. Like I was taking away stuff from and thinking about, you know, best practices from you know, our side of things that you, you don't do as much when, you know, you're busy and, 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 you know, just trying to keep up with the work. And so I thought that was a really valuable article. Uh, shameless plug, Matt Riley. Um, <laughs> we'll take it. GMS. That's my, that's my NPR voice. Um, GMS. Yeah. Thank you. Um, as long as we don't yeah, get into good. Pete sweaty, we're okay. <laughs> SNL. <laughs> those we'll those go do any sound. Than that. Yeah. All right. I, I would, I would easily go on that tangent um, yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the podcast, like happily. Um, so yeah, those were some of the samples that, uh, that I brought. And obviously we have a whole slew of different ones uh, that we've done and we've done work with builders. I think what's been really cool is, um, you know, we, we talked about my first international builder show, uh, that, you know, Molly brought me to. And, and since then, and the introductions you've made um, have really fostered relationships with a lot of the people in the building industry that focus on helping builders. And so 
it's been really cool for me, you know, again, sort of playing off this, uh, the GMS blog article that as a, I think, a, I think the building industry and you guys are very hard on yourself about, you know, uh, we're not keeping up with some of the trends that other people are doing and things like that. But I think there's a lot of conversation that's happening that I've seen over the last five, six years that is sort of changing that. And there's stuff that I walk away from the, from IBS, um, it's still such a weird word to me. Like I immediately IBS, yeah. like, can they, can they fix that? Uh, anyway, so Did you really walk yeah. away from IBS. Right. I, I, I wish I could, but I need Diventive from the pharma <laughs> conference to fix my IBS. Um, so, um, you know, I walk away from the builder show every year and have learned something new that is the, the, the internal conversation that's directed to the building community. Um, so I think that that's really cool. And, and see, and having mostly worked with, you know, let's say producing content uh, for the, you know, marketing the seminar that you're going to be giving Molly or, you know, or, or the talk you're going to be giving Matt, like there's a lot of perspective that you get from that. Right. And, it, and it's helped us in the, in the occasions where we have worked with builders to um, guide them with the video content they're producing for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I, well, I saw this example and this is, is we're talking about different ways that, you know, as a builder, we, a lot of times we think, well, you know, like, what am I going to take? What am I going to video? Like, what, what kind of content am I going to create? And it's one of those, we can't see the forest through the trees kind of thing because we're in it every single day and we lose sight that, uh, and I shouldn't say we lose sight. Sometimes it's just easy to forget that when someone's making this size of a purchase, it's such a big deal for them. Um, I mean, taking out the consideration of money, moving it in itself is a, gigantic pain and you know it's it's such a big deal and there's so many pieces that um that people want to learn about and i saw this over the weekend and i was actually shooting it out to a, a couple different builders or it had just kind of come to mind um on, on this but i was looking at uh, it's such a simple thing i was looking at a website and they were talking about some it was like a 20 dollar accessory on on a piece of on for a camera. And I was, they had a video and I started go at the bottom of the page. And then I started going through all their accessory pages, like even the small stuff to the expensive stuff. But there was somebody on, you know, it was a third on this set in this particular section. It was only like 30 seconds, but it was somebody there talking about this particular, it was like a Wi-Fi base that the camera can sit into. And he was talking about how thoughtful that this design was and why they actually designed it. And what we did is we had this in mind when we designed this. Hmm. And it was something that it made me think of a word that a sentence that Molly said uh, in a meeting we had internally like a week ago or so. And it was like, you know, builders think through these things so thoughtfully when we're the, even the products, the windows, the, you know, even the, the most minute little details they can be thought of so thoughtfully and what a great, uh, my thought was what a great opportunity to break down a home or a floor plan or a community and have the owner or someone that's going to talk through and say, Hey, I really hope you, you know, enjoy viewing the Juniper floor plan. And I want to tell you a little bit about why we designed it and what made us kind of come together with this plan because it was really thoughtful in design when we when we were thinking about who the customer was that, that was going to be living in this home it, and to me that spoke volumes like gosh what a what a great idea 
And that also translates into if I'm going to buy, if I'm going to have that kind of experience when I'm purchasing something for $20, (laughs) then we get into what kind of experience is someone going to expect when they're spending half a million? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, here's another t-shirt, right? If it's good enough for Apple, it's good enough for you. Every single phone that they put out, there's a guy in a chair with a white background and he... (laughs) (laughs) A little delayed, but still good. That's right. No no one told me that was coming. Oh man, that was just... That was awesome. <laughs> I'm sitting um, here. I've got the controls, John. I've got the buttons ready to go. Oh, man. If you have that Arnold Schwarzenegger board that's like, the, get to the chopper. Like, I really like that <laughs> included in this uh, podcast. Got it. Oh, that was awesome. Um, I will. Uh, so, yeah, no, every time they put out a new phone and even like, I know the 11 Pro, they did actually some cool stuff and there's like the three cameras or whatever. But like for like six phones in a row, it was the same phone and they were just like, when we invented the new Apple phone, we thoughtfully, it's like you, you just put out the same product, but the bottom line is that it's really effective and people are expecting those things. And, you know, an iPhone is, you know, you know, for a fully decked out one is what, like 1200 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And you're going to pay it over, you know, 50 bucks a month. What's your, what's your mortgage going to look like, you know? And so to take that time to really explain that thoughtfulness uh, yeah, I think that's invaluable. And and again, you have an example where it's really, it's being used everywhere, right? Um, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, I, I think that one thing I'll say from the empathetic side is that, and this is true for any business, I find that anytime we've interviewed somebody and you ask them to talk about themselves, um, it's pretty difficult, right? You, you, you want to have your elevator pitch like scripted and written down, even before I hopped on this podcast with you guys, honestly, I said the only thing I really, really prepped other than pulling some links and, uh, and, and, and those pieces was just how are you going to, when they ask you, what do you do? <laughs> what are you going to say? Right. And, and that's, I think generally hard across businesses, but beyond that, it is, there really is no excuse because there's so many opportunities to generate content. Um, I think for builders in, and you can go in so many different directions and this floor plan idea is a great one and definitely one of them. Yeah, no, I just think it's about, like we said at the top of the segment, it was, it's, it's about conveying emotion in a way that takes out what you, and, and to pull a John Sherman quote out of the bag is the other things, the, the bedroom count, the bathroom count, the square footage, those are fil- that's a filter. That's right. just, all right, I, I'm not going to look at anything or consider anything that doesn't have these things. These are just the things, video, the video is what's going to convey the emotion of a thoughtful design of a phone, you know, whether you've got Johnny Ive and I would love, I would love to imagine that in that Apple segment that they sat down and recorded it one time. And uh, all Johnny Ive has to do is come back in and sit down and say the name of the new device. And then they rerun the whole video and the commercial's done. (laughs) iPhone eight. (laughs) All right, Johnny, we're going to sit down and we're going to do one segment where we're going to sit down and we're going to, you're going to name off the next seven iPhones and then you're done for the next seven years. Could we get a white Uh, t-shirt, a white V-neck t-shirt, please? Uh, this right. one's got the pizza on it. We just need one white V-neck t-shirt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, it's great. Getting out of the filters and or, or the sort features and getting into the storytelling 
and and creating and delivering emotion. Um, because I've, I've said this before, it's the definition of a sale is the transfer of, a one, of emotion from one person to the next. And so it's not necessarily press here, you know, press hard, there's three copies. Um, that's not necessarily the sale. The sale is the transfer of the emotion. It's taking someone else's belief and accepting it. It's the, it's the best thing for you or, or not, right? It can, it can absolutely work against you if your message isn't dialed in and you're not conveying that emotion. Right. Thank you. First of all, that's an, that's another quotable, uh, for sure. The transfer of emotion. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, I'm going to be borrowing that. Um, (laughs) I, I think that, I think that one of the questions, so here's like a little, I guess it'll, it'll double as a tip, but whenever I'm doing an interview with somebody, let's say we're doing a lifestyle testimonial, right? So we're sitting down, um, with a, you know, the business owner and we're at, or, or maybe a customer and we're asking them questions about trying to create a video about how great the company is, right. That they worked with. One of the things I'll ask. So for example, if it was about podcasts and I was saying, you know, what, what do you think of podcasts? And they would say that podcasts are great and, and they're, they're, you know, you should be on them and they're awesome and do them with Matt and Molly. Cause it's a lot of fun. <laughs> What I would, what I always follow up that question is, can you tell me an anecdote or a story of a time when, right? You were on a podcast or whatever, because nine times out of 10 in the video, I'm going to use two seconds of the line that tees up podcasts are great. And then I'm going to fill it with the example, which will be a story because at the end of the day, the story is the thing that's more relatable, more memorable, and you can picture yourself, right? You can, you can put yourself in that situation and they're, they're more effective. So as a tip there, right, you know, focus on the, on even the story within the story, that's going to help bring up the value prop that you, you know, that, that you want to demonstrate. So, you know, uh, if you're talking about metrics of growth for a builder, right, you don't just say like, how did your numbers grow? You, you would ask like, you know, you want to hear, we were sitting in the meeting and, you know, Dave pulled it up and we couldn't believe it. We had doubled our number. Like even that is more compelling, right? Than just our numbers went up by double, right? So things like that, that you can bring to your production, which is going to, um, just get a more emotive and more um, effective uh, way of telling the information, right? Um, and and tying into that, I think that polling your salespeople, I, I imagine every single salesperson that could go down the list of every sale they've made, and there's a story behind that purchase, right? These these were skiers that moved to our area and then, you know, whatever it is, and they needed somewhere to store their skis. I don't know. I'm just making this stuff up, but that's a story, right? And and I can't imagine there's ever a sale. I would, I would venture to say ever a sale where they just walk in and they're like, I'm, I'm Susan. This is, you know, this is Dave and here's our deposit and we're taking the home and shake hands and walk away and we're not going to talk about any small talk and there's nothing around this, right? Like there's always some story there. What the selection process was like for this couple and focus on that. What you know, what the build time was like for them as they were waiting. And maybe you have some process for helping people through that. You know, whatever those things are, um, every single one of those sales is a story. And you can leverage that to get other people to want to buy with you. That's great. And one final thing that I do want to say, um, as we're talking about the importance of video and storytelling and all of this, is the research shows that this is not going away in housing. 
um, as we're starting to learn more and more about the next generation, Gen Z, which will be the next generation to come into housing, um, they are influenced more by video content than anyone um, before. So this is going to become more and more a part of the conversation and the way that that builders apply this to their websites, their product, their social media, their marketing overall um, is just going to continue to be a really important uh part of the discussion. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. And so you got to get prepared because video is the thing, right? Video is the thing. I'm says on my period, right period <laughs> poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, John. So we'd like to end our guest segments with a rapid fire question. Oh, right. No. So okay. you, you didn't know about this part. <laughs> John's good at this um, kind of stuff, I feel like. All right, here we go. So what are you what are you binge watching? What are you reading? And what are you listening to? And and if you have any other interesting fact you want to throw in there, feel free. Okay. Binge watching. I just oh man. I've been just watching like stand up comedy on on Netflix. I just love it. Uh, I just watched the po- Tom Papa. I'm about like three. I just away. watched that one too. Just the it's, other night. That was great. It, you're doing great. You're doing great. It's a it's a great it's a great <laughs> bit. Um, what was the uh, so it's uh, it's binge watching, um, reading, and reading, listening and listening to. So um, most recently, I was listening to Building Perspectives in the jump ahead <laughs> with Matt and Molly. Um, I I I sort of jump around in what I've been listening to. It's kind of gross. I've been listening to a lot of WIP sports talk in the morning on the way to work. It's sort of been like guilty pleasure and i i have like a whole thing of podcasts that are just queued up waiting for me to stop procrastinating so i that's just being straight up and honest that's what's happening in my world um and for reading because i do a lot of that um there is i usually just do audiobooks and listen but one thing i'm going to say that's weird that i was reading um I'm going to go, there's no way anyone else said this. There's this graphic novel called Paper Girls, and I never read graphic novels, never read one before, probably won't read one after. That sounds like more than a graphic novel. No, but it's... (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. It is... It is this weird sci-fi thing that has a bunch of issues and it's just wrapped up. And I'm promising you someone's going to make a Netflix show out of this because it, it's like Stranger Things, but pornography. Like set in the 80s and it's not in the 80s and it is not pornography. And it is, uh, it's really good. I should have, I should have wow. just said I should have just made up a book like how to <laughs> how to win friends and influence people. That's what I'm reading <laughs> for the 78th time. <laughs> Along with the E Myth for Realtors, those are the that two books perfect. I read. Those were like good the ones. Bible. I would definitely we, read those. We might need to edit this podcast. I, uh, I'll yeah. put my people this, on. This it. is why you're our favorite. We love working <laughs> with you. It's always fun. We always uh, learn a lot and have a good time. Again, I wish we were friends in high school because we missed out on a lot of laughing. A lot of um, a lot of missed out times, but I, we'll I will out. reveal that. You were much smarter than me, and that's probably why we were in different groups of friends. But uh, don't let your head get too big. I uh, won't. I can't. Uh, it turns out your skull, it just like stops at one oh, point. You can't, it doesn't get bigger. Right. It's like, <laughs> um, and um, appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you lying in front of all these people on the podcast that uh, I'm smart. So I appreciate easily, that. Right? 
Um, yeah, no, you're really good at it. You should get into marketing. Um, so, um, or, or law, or law. I don't know. What's the other industries we can make fun of? Um, guys, thank you so much for having me. Um, this was awesome. We should uh, do this again over coffee. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. And uh, there were some great, other than the poop emoji, there were some really good takeaways um, for for our listeners. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, guys.